Hello, hello, and welcome to The Fruitful Life with Andrea Thompson. Today's episode is going to be about simple faith. The past couple of episodes, as well as some of the teachings that I've done on the Facebook page recently, have been all about faith. It's just on God's heart right now. It really is. I think that he's trying to teach us, remind us, stir us back up uh, to the value of faith. I believe he's trying to remind us that we are to contend for the faith because it is a precious gift that has been entrusted to us. He's also trying to remind us that faith is something that has to grow over time. Uh, It has to progress. It has to increase. It has to abound so that we do not stumble in any form or fashion um, and so that we endure till the end. Uh, But today the Lord showed me something really cool. Um, The Holy Spirit connected some dots for me that I never thought about before. Um, And it really does bring it back to this concept, very simple, but brings it back to this concept of a childlike faith. And so, first of all, the scripture that says faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. When I looked up the word substance, because I really wanted to know what it meant, the root of that word, the Greek word actually means confidence, which again is a very interesting concept when it comes to biblical faith. Biblical faith is not wishing on upon a star. It's not wishful thinking. Um, it is not blind faith, so to speak, where you are just walking and 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 wishing. <laughs> it, it literally is confidence, which means to trust and rely upon, depend upon the living God, because you know him, because you understand him, because you love him. Uh, and because you take him at his word. And so the second part of that verse, the evidence of things unseen. When I hear that word unseen, what I think about is is everything that's unseen, everything about God himself, um, his character, all, every, what he's like, what the kingdom of God looks like, what the spiritual realm looks like, you know, everything that our natural eyes cannot necessarily see, um, we hope in because we hope in an eternity with our Lord and Savior and with our Heavenly Father in the kingdom of God, all of which we cannot see. And the Bible actually says that hope is not hope if it's in something that we can see. And so I just, I really love that scripture. It's been coming to my heart constantly lately. But below that scripture, if you look in Hebrews 11, verse 3, it says, by faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of the things which are visible. This really is a verse that I would say is foundational to what I'm talking about on this episode. By faith, we have an understanding. We have a a, a comprehension that everything that we see, everything that we touch, everything that we can, you know, deal with with our five senses in the natural realm Uh, was not birthed out of or created out of things that we can see, but things that we cannot. I think that's foundational for the walk of someone who has been saved by the precious blood of Jesus Christ and who has chosen to follow Jesus as a disciple. I think that we have to grab a hold of this. Now, interestingly enough, the Holy Spirit gave me a couple of things that I want to get to on this particular episode. If you will turn with me to the Gospel of John, chapter four, verse 46. 
it says, so Jesus came again to Cana of Galilee, where he had made the water wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus had come out of Judea into Galilee, he went to him and implored him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Then Jesus said to him, now, mind you, I just learned that when Jesus speaks this and he says the word you, which is also why it's really important to go a little deeper than to just take things for face value. When he says the word you, he's actually not speaking singularly here, which means that he's not just talking to this nobleman, but whoever else was around him that was within earshot. And so it says, unless you people see signs and wonders, you will by no means believe. These are the kind of things that I like to wrestle with because so many times the church wants to paint Jesus as this like super fluffy flying on a cloud guy. And and although I believe he was unbelievably kind and unbelievably merciful and loving and all of those things, he also would purposefully shake things up in order to test people's faith, in order to bring about their faith sometimes, or in order to show them the intents of their heart. Interestingly enough, if you think about it, and I think we forget this, myself included, Jesus was the word made flesh. So what does the word do? The word is a sharp two-edged sword. It cuts, right? It cuts and it divides in between uh, joint and marrow, soul and spirit, even to the discerning of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So oftentimes Jesus would say particular things so that he could actually show what was in people's hearts. And this is where we have to dig deeper to, to know our savior. So this guy is desperate. Like we really got to sit with this. This guy is desperate for his son, for any of you parents out there, or maybe you got a spiritual child, or maybe you have an adopted child, or maybe you just have somebody you really love like your child. Either way, that kind of love. Think about the desperation that that would send you into if, if they were to the point of death. And you knew that this one guy, this one, this one man that's doing miracles, um, that seems to have the power and the authority to help you're going to, to him in desperation. And then he says to you, his response to you is unless you people see, see a sign, you will by no means believe. Like really think about that. I would be like, are you kidding me? (laughs) Right. But, but look at what Jesus is doing here. So it says, the nobleman said to him, sir, come down before my child dies. Now understand that the nobleman had faith or he wouldn't be there. He wouldn't have come to Jesus. He believed that Jesus could heal his son, but his faith lied in the miracle in and of itself. And this is where we need to get to in the church. Is it bad to have faith that Jesus can do signs and wonders or that he can do miracles? No. But what I want you to understand tonight is what the Holy Spirit showed me. And and you'll get that by the end of this episode. But that our faith is always to lie in the person of Jesus Christ. Everything else is an outflow of his person. That he is the embodiment of all things. Remember, all things were created by him, for him, and through him. This is why eternal life is to know him because it's it, the, the signs and the wonders, although great, are an outflow, a testimony and a witness to him. 
right? And so we have to understand that. So was this guy wrong in being in desperation for his child, wanting wanting his child to be saved? No. Was it wrong that his faith was in Jesus coming with him so that he could physically see the miracle happen? No, that's not bad per se. But again, Jesus is always trying to teach us through these things. So let's take a look at what he does next. So Jesus said to him, go your way. Your son lives. Now, I want you, I don't know if you ever in your life, maybe when you were a child and had a childlike innocence, um, and that's funny because we're talking about simple faith, but a childlike innocence where you, where you hung on every word that came out of someone's mouth. Like maybe you had a hero or maybe you had somebody that like you looked up to when you were younger, whether it be your parent or somebody in your family um, or somebody that mentored you or whatever, but where you hung on every word that came out of their mouth. Literally, the Bible tells us that man will not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I am really, really hearing from the Holy Spirit right at this moment as I'm doing this, that we have got to get to a place where we understand the power of the word of God. Jesus was the word made flesh. We have this in book form, but Jesus was the word. And, and, and you'll see right here why simple faith is taking him at his word. So he says, go, I want you to, I want you to remember his specific words, go your way. That was the command. Your son lives. That was the promise. So it says, so the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and he went his way. So there his faith was activated. See, when he first came to Jesus, his faith was in Jesus coming with him so he could witness the miracle happen, which again, not an evil thing, not a bad thing. But Jesus is always trying to get us to come up higher and trying to help us to have more understanding and more revelation of who he is. So Jesus purposefully responded with, unless you see a sign, you will by no means believe. And then he said, go your way, your son lives. And at that moment, this guy's true faith, simple faith was activated. And it said he took him at his word and he went his way. Now check this out. It says, and as he was now going, his servants met him and told him saying, what? Your son lives. That was Jesus's exact words. Are you, are, are you tracking with me? How amazing y'all. And so then it says, then he inquired of them the hour when he got better. And they said to him yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at the same hour in which Jesus said to him, your son lives. And he himself believed and his whole household. Praise the Lord. So do you see the difference between faith in the signs and wonders, which isn't evil, but switching from that to a simple faith, a childlike faith in who he is, which means that you take him at his word, period. Now, the other example that the Holy Spirit gave to me is also in the Gospel of John, chapter 11, starting in verse 1. 
It says, now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore, the sisters went to him, Jesus, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. So again, just stop right there for a moment. Jesus could have went on and, and, and went to Lazarus and healed him while he was sick. He could have done that. But Jesus said he only did what he saw the father do. And he only said what he heard the father say. Everything that he was doing, every move that he made, every word that came out of his mouth was by the commandment of his father, was by the will of his father. And so so what we have to see here first before we get into the rest of it is that the purpose in letting Lazarus die was so that the son could be glorified. This is why our faith has to be in him and him alone and everything else is an outflow from there. So let's keep going. It says, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you. And are you going there again? Jesus answered, and they're not 12 hours in the day. If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of the world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. That's a whole other teaching. These things he said. And after that, he said to them, our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought he was speaking about taking rest in sleep. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there. Why? That you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. Now understand what he's wanting them to believe in. Because again, he could have gone right then and there when he found out about it and healed this man. He didn't have to die in that aspect. But he said, I'm glad that this is happening for your sakes so that you will believe. And then by the end of this, we're going to see what he wanted them to believe. So let's go down, skipping to verse. Let's go down to verse 20. It says, now Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary was sitting in the house. Now Mary said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. So there's some faith, right? And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. So there's the word of the Lord, right? Take him at his word. But watch what Martha does. She said, Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again. So she takes his word and she says, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Now, mind you, that's not what Jesus said. He didn't say at the resurrection at the last day. He said, your brother will rise again. Verse 25, so Jesus said to her, watch his response. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe that I am 
that I am the embodiment of this. Yes, people will be resurrected on the last day, but do you believe that I am the resurrection and the life? There's many a I am statement in the Bible because everything points back to Jesus. So she said to him, yes, Lord, I believe. Now, I love when he says, did I not tell you, and we'll stop right there, but did I not tell you that if you would simply believe, you would see the glory of God? Now, again, that comes back to not looking for the sign and the wonder, but instead knowing who he is and taking him at his word. Now, this is going to be a fairly short episode because where I'm going to land is in back in Hebrews where it says, everybody knows this verse, this is 11 verse six, where it says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. And this is the part I want you to get for he who comes to God must believe that he is. And there's more of that verse, but that's, that is where I want to stop. He is for everyone that comes to God must believe that he is. Remember the burning bush when Moses said, who should I tell them that you are? And he said, I am that I am, right? If we come to him, we must believe that he is. He is all the things. The signs and wonders is just an outflow and a witness, a proof thereof. But he is all the things without the signs and wonders. And this is where I believe God wants us to get to. We will still see signs and wonders because the Bible says and promises promises us that signs and wonders will follow those who believe. The reason they follow those who believe is because they are an outflow and a witness to what you already believe. Your belief is not rooted in the signs and wonders. Your belief is rooted in he is. Praise the Lord. That is the most simplest word I've ever done, but hallelujah, it carries some weight, y'all. And I just got that. So let me pray for you. And also just share this podcast with anybody that you feel like this episode that you feel like will just be blessed by that. Because sometimes we just need a little shaking, a little stirring, right? To get back into the simplistic childlike faith. And so Heavenly Father, I just thank you. I thank you for this simple word, this quick word, the word of the Lord, God, word in this very moment. And and Father, we, we take you at this word. You said those who come to you must believe that you are that you are, God, that everything that we will ever, ever need, everything that we will ever desire, God, is found in you. It's literally that you are the embodiment of all things. And so, God, I pray, I pray for a simple childlike faith for all of us, Lord, that we would have a simplicity to our faith, that we would study the word, that we would spend time in the secret place so that we can truly know Jesus and know you, Father, because the Bible says that that is eternal life, to know the both of you. And so, Father, we thank you that you've given us such a privilege to have access to you, to get to know you to get back to where we once were in the garden, in the fullness of communion with you, Lord. Oh God, I pray, I pray that we would become a people who are rooted and grounded 
in knowing that Jesus is the word and that we become a people who take you at your word down to the very specifics and not budging from it. No, your word says this. Your promises are yes and amen. And just like the the Old Testament saints, God, that whether we see the fruition of it or in this life or the next, we still, God, are standing in patience and inheriting the promises through long suffering, through living by faith, because you said that the just shall live by faith. May we be reminded, God, that again, faith is a confidence, a substance of things hoped for, the hope of glory, the things in which we have to look forward to, God, and the things in which we have access to now, but we can't physically see. May we be a people of such simple, but such great faith. And Father, we bless your holy name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.